So, as again, we are transitioning from the morning session technical talks, right? Now we're in our first break session at the WTGS Fall Symposium 2023. Uh, we're going to go in this for probably 20, 30 minutes. Then we go back for our final session of technical talks today, day two, right? We've got two talks from Geomark coming up, a talk from Andrew Pepper, and then closing remarks from the Judd Tudor who helped put this event on. Thanks for joining and uh, listening to this live stream of the West Texas Geological Society, celebrating 100 years, man. 100 years since the Santa Rita number one wow. in West Texas. Uh, and then we'll do the lunch, and then it's the core workshop where you identify, you're like, hey, in the basement right now, there's like a 1,000 feet of core, man. I've never seen yeah. that before. Yeah. <laughs> Please, introduce yourself, uh, Sean Dossey. I'm sorry. Sean Dossey, yeah, you, Sean got, it, you Dossie, got it correct. Downhole Diagnostics, please introduce yourself. Oh, man, where can we go? Okay, yeah, um, uh, pl pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. So I'm a petroleum engineer. I graduated from Texas A&M in 2009 and uh, worked for a small operator out here in West Texas. Uh, You're an Aggie. I'm an Aggie, oh, yes. Man. I, uh, Which operator did you work for? Uh, Discovery Operating. Discovery. So it's a small family-run company. They've been around for probably about 45, maybe even 50 years now. Uh, they have a great history. I think the first two wells they drilled out here in West Texas were dry, and somehow, Whoa. yeah, the engineer, I don't remember, I think he might have came from Shell, the founding father, and then he has three sons that kind of ran the company. It's a great family, the Sparks family um, out here. But anyways, I worked for them for five years, which was great. You know, coming out of university, there's nothing better than working for a small operator, Yeah. Um, considering the fact that everything's theoretical, and when you come to a small operator, you know, you, you get to wear a lot of hats and you're thrown out in the field. So got a lot of field experience. Nice. Um, you know, pulling units, drilling rigs and, yeah. and frack jobs, all sorts of things. So it uh, worked out really well, but uh, took on a passion for rod pumping systems. Wow. And so most of the wells that we produced at the company were produced by rod pumping systems. We had some others and we had... I think about three, four hundred scattered across Permian Basin, but took a took an interest in that. I was single at the time, which means I had a lot of free time, and I right. wanted to make a hand. And so I spent a lot of my nights and weekends actually studying rod pumping systems. So um, would just kind of read anything I could get my hands on. I eventually talked my company into buying some diagnostic equipment, the nice. echo meter equipment, which I was just telling you about. Yeah. And so that um, was the first uh, equipment you bought. That as was. A so most of what I learned about rod pumping systems is from echo meter. If you're really into it. If you really want to understand these systems, um, you can go to their website and download. They have lots of technical papers that they published. But really, if you have the time and the patience to actually read through papers, you can learn so much. Uh, they put a lot of information out there. But they're the primary company. They're basically the only game in town when it comes to fluid-level guns and dynam portable dynamometer systems. Really? Um, and so, anyways, I, I talked my company into buying it. And nice. These tools, I can describe them here in a little bit, but they help you understand what's happening downhole in your well. And, of course, a fluid-level gun can be used on basically any type of producing well. It doesn't have to be rod pumping. The dynamometer test is specific to rod pumping. But I talked them into buying it, and uh, it's kind of funny. I, I did a lot of my... There's a great petroleum library here in Midland, as you could maybe imagine, and they have lots of books and stuff that they won't let you check out. I guess people didn't return them. But I was, I was sitting in there one weekend, and I realized, you know, I'm reading all this literature, and I've read so much about rod pumping systems, but, you know, I work for an operator. We have the equipment. Why am I here? I should be out in the field yeah, doing dude. my study. Yeah. And so I used to go out on the weekends on my own time, basically, with these tools and go mess around with the wells. You know? Just shoot go, echo meters. Go shoot, shoot fluid them. levels. Go close valves. Pump up against things. Look at dynamo trying to understand what was happening. So that's really where I kind of cut my teeth and I, I learned a lot. Um, after that's five cool. years, I 
decided that I really am passionate about this. I'm in the Permian Basin. We're surrounded by wells. And I decided to go out on my own, and I've been working for myself for 10 years. Wow. And uh, under my company name, Downhole Diagnostics, sounds pretty cool. I'm just a... I'm a one-man operation. I've thought about scaling up, but every time a bust comes and yeah. business drops, I'm kind of grateful Reminds that I haven't, you, yeah, like, I haven't hired anybody yet. Right. So, uh, How'd you come up with the dinosaur, man? The dinosaur well, it's logo. The, it's the Dino King is what it is. The Dino King. The Dino King. So there's two tools. One is a dynamometer. It's commonly referred to as a dino. And so it is the <laughs> yeah. Dino King. I thought about calling my company <laughs> Dino King. I'm actually glad I didn't, though. Not as professional I don't think and it gives you a little bit more downhole diagnostic gives you a little bit more description as to what I'm actually doing I'm dying diagnosing the downhole yeah so yeah but uh, if you want I can tell you about the tools I was telling you a little bit right. before um, just the value of these tools so I think the, what would be what would be interesting from your perspective is when you imagine the reservoir that's connected to the casing through perforations and there's all different types of setups. You can have multiple zones that are opened up and commingling, and there's different pressures of, of maybe some sucking fluid or gases out of, this, of the wellbore, some pushing in. There could be just one 10-foot zone that's contributing all this fluid. Yeah. But like when you think about rod pumping down at the purse... What what are you are you imagining that it's just like a gun barrel down there that that it's it's density stratifying and you're getting an oil pad and gas at the top and brine at the bottom and it's all about like figuring out that influx of when the oil is really migrating into the well and the idea is you need to you need to find that sweet spot of of releasing enough pressure off the system but not too much where you're pumping off or like how do you think about the 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 dynamics of the reservoir coming into the pump? I think it's simpler than that. I mean, for, for the most part, I mean, you just want to get your production, right? And you want to get as much production as you can. That's right. Got that to. typically means you put the pump down on bottom, and if you can get the well pumped off, you're, you're getting all that. Certainly, you, you don't know where things are coming from. You could try to figure out with a more complicated analysis, maybe some downhole tools or injectivity on certain formations. Yeah. You don't know where it's coming from, though, ultimately. And you might have, you know, sick frac zones, you know, just say on a vertical well, something simplified, and there might be two of them that are primarily feeding the well, and you don't necessarily know. that You might have fracked them all the exact same way. And so it's, it's really more of a matter of um, just, you know, the, you might not start on bottom. You typically get your pump on bottom. It might be high early because yep. you might get solids back. After your first pull or after the well's been pumped down, the pressure's relieved on the formation, you drop it down as low as you can get it to economically operate it. If it's a horizontal well, you might, you're might you probably going to stay above the kickoff point in the vertical. Sure. Of course, we can drop it down in there, but you're going to have a lot of associated failures with it. Um, but really, it's at that point just trying to get all the production you can get. And it, it, it does segregate, though. What is, what's interesting when you talk about a gun barrel, I mean, it, a downhole well segregates based on gravities, and this is an actual principle of it. So, I mean, at the top, you've got your gas column, then you have a gaseous fluid column, and right at your pump intake, after the well's produced long enough and it stabilizes, this, this is a, a principle inherent in the calculations from fluid level shots, um, but it is, that is where the oil-water interface is going to be, is at the pump intake. Okay? Because if you took a big influx of water that pushed that oil-water interface above the pump intake, yeah. the, as the well pumps, it's only going to be sucking water because that interface is pushed higher, so it's only going to suck water. And so that interface will push back down. So after the well is produced long enough, 
the oil water interface stabilizes at the pump. Really? This is this That's is true, cool. and this goes into the calculations when you're calculating bottom hole pressures. You have a gas. You have your casing pressure. You have your gas column pressure, which is very low. You have gaseous oil column if the well produces gas. So you have an oil column with gas bubbling up through it. To calculate accurately the bottom hole pressure, you need to approximate how much gas is in that gaseous wow. fluid level. Yeah, you and then below that. that, you have primarily water. So right. you do have some oil coming in, but the oil, as soon as it comes up, it goes to that interface. The pad, yeah. And it's it's separating downhole just like it separates that surface in a three-phase separator. So if you were going to walk into like a le one lease, it's got 12 wells, they're all pumping supposedly, right? And you're like, what are we doing? How do you start figuring out what's even going on at all? What you do is you run a fluid level, a fluid level shot, and a dynamometer test on every well, and nice. that will give you. It's going to tell you which wells are pumped off, which wells you're getting all your current production, right? So you can quickly troubleshoot. Is my production maximized? It's maximized of these nine out of twelve. These three have higher fluid levels, and then the dynamometer test. Um, which you hook up to the rod string, and I can explain it a little bit later, but it's going to show you mechanically what's happening downhole. The fluid level shot looks down the annulus, right? and you can see where the fluid level is in the well and what the bottom hole pressures are. Now, the dynamometer test... You can figure out bottom hole pressure with an yeah, echo meter? Yeah, you can figure out bottom hole pressure. And right you can actually on. do inflow performance relationships analysis to try and estimate the productivity of a well or how effectively you're producing it, say with a Vogel IPR or just a straight line IPR, but you can basically, you can get a static bottom hole pressure with it. You have to make some assumptions though because you have to, you have to know what the API gravity is, what the water specific gravity is, Ooh. and you have to have an approximation of what the, uh, the composition is of the liquids downhole. So but, you know, you if your well makes 50% oil and it has a failure, and you know what the specific gravity and API gravity are, it has a failure, and then the fluid level is gonna build up to a static level, to where the pressure exerted by that column is equal to the pressure in the formation, ah, right? And so you can take a fluid spot. level shot, see where the top of the fluid level is, and then using your your, your assumptions, or at least your um, your oil water cut, whatever it was producing, you know what the distribution of fluids is. And you can calculate a, a quite accurate bottom hole pressure, and it's cheap. I mean, a fluid level shot is cheap, as opposed to running in logging tools with a pressure right. bomb you know, to measure the bottom hole pressure, I don't know, you know, you're probably talking at least $5,000. Damn. So, I mean, a fluid level shot, you're talking a couple hundred dollars and right. you can do this. Yeah, how much is a, a fluid like an echo meter? Uh, a, a shot or the equipment? No, the equipment. So the equipment, if you buy the main package that they sell, uh, like with their wireless equipment, and that would just be with a, a fluid level gun and a dynamometer. I believe that, I'm not exactly sure, I believe that runs about $20,000, wow. something like that. If you take the dynamometer out and you just want the fluid level gun, it would probably take off $5,000, something like that. Jeez. It's well worth it though, but if you look at... Oh, yeah. If you look at not knowing what you're doing in your operations, right, right, and making right. bad decisions, right, or having a chance to optimize a well, you know, when you pull it. So, for example, if a well has gas interference, if you recognize it has gas interference before you pull the well, you have the opportunity to change something next time. So, the well's got gas interference. I've identified it. It has a high fluid level above the pump. It now has a tubing leak. Well, when it has a tubing leak, I have to pull all the equipment out of the right. hole anyways. Right. I can change that downhole gas separator design, and now I can get my well to being pumped off and operating at 100% efficiency. Gas interference is when you get too much gas in your production tubing? So, gas interference is when you get free gas in your pump. So, downhole, 
at the very bottom of your well, you've got your seating nipple where your pump is going to be sitting yep. in. And then below that, if you're above the perforations and gas is producing, you need a downhole gas separator to try and separate the gas out. And it uses primarily, there's different forms, but the primary form, it uses natural gravity-driven separation, hmm. just like all the fluid that goes from your flow line into a three-phase separator, it separates due to gravity distribution. This, it works the exact same way. And I've, I've got this... Uh, I've got this um, kind of rod pumping brochure right here that goes into that on the first page and okay. gives you the calculations as to how you do that. But um, if free gas gets into the pump, gas is compressible. Okay, so it fills, it, it expands and contracts based on the size of its container. Okay, well when you have a downhole pump, so if this is your plunger, and this is the, this might get a little complicated. I'm gonna try and keep Let's it simple see. for Let's you. See it. Okay? Let's hear it. So here's your standing valve, which is in the bottom of your pump. Okay. All right. And this is the check valve that, basically, the fluid that's sucked into the tubing is stuck here with this check valve. And then you've got a traveling valve attached to a plunger. Okay. okay. So this is the plunger going up and down. When you see the pumping unit go up and down, yeah, it's attached to a rod string that's going up and down. Yep. And what it's doing, it's actuating the plunger at the bottom of the rod string okay. that's going up and down. Okay. So on the upstroke, the pump is supposed to suck in. It's going to fill full of liquid, assuming there's liquid to fill the pump chamber with. Right. But if free gas gets into the pump, uh, on the downstroke, the plunger is trying to pressure up the chamber. Okay, so where the fluid was sucked in into the pump, the pump chamber, it's trying to pressure that up. And it can easily do that if it's full of pure liquid. Uh -oh. Because liquid is not compressible. And so, but if you get free gas in the pump, at the top of that pump, you're going to expend a certain portion of the downstroke compressing the gas. Oh, wow. And this is wasted, right? Wow. So, so you might have a 100-inch 100 100-inch surface stroke length, yeah. and you might be getting maybe a 100-inch of stroke length downhole, but only 50% of that is effectively being used. It's actually Which means you have the... to use two times as many strokes to get the same production. So maybe, you know, for the... You know, instead of running the well 25%, you got to run it 50%. But also with gas interference, you typically cannot fully pump the well off. So that means you cannot get the maximum production. You're oh, always going to typically it's have... always slowing so, things down. So you're reducing your production from the reservoir. You're also operating inefficiently. So you're going to waste electricity, waste rod strokes, that sort of thing. Easiest way to fix that is raise the pump, lower the pump? No, it has nothing to do with where the pump is set. Mm. Uh, it has to do with having an effective downhole gas separator. Gas separator. So if you have a vertical well, and if this is your perforations, if you put the seating nipple below the perforations, yep. you'll have an effective natural gas separator. Okay, and I won't go into the details of that, but if you can get the pump intake below the perforations, you know, if you can get it 10 feet below the bottom yeah. perf, you should have perfect gas separation, assuming it actually is 10 feet below the bottom perf and, right. you know, that your, your measured depths on you your tubing are right. lining up yeah. with the wireline measurements, right? Yeah. You want to be lower than 10 feet, but all you need is 10 feet. Uh, if you're above the bottom perforation, you need a gas separator, and a gas separator just effectively, it tries to, it uses gravity-driven separation to try and get the gas bubbles Basically, all the all the fluid and gas come into the separator, yep. and then they have to go down to a dip tube that yep. sucks up to the pump. Yep. And while they're going down, Gases. you want to slow downward fluid velocity to where the gas bubbles have enough time to bubble up and out. That's wow. the whole function. Yeah. The gas interference is one of the biggest issues when it comes to optimizing rod pumping systems. So um, when we're when we when we get to the long term life of a well, it becomes very challenging to be economic and you have all these challenges and whatnot you've studied this now for 10 plus years like you're into it you really think this way what is the service that you provide or how do you reach your customer how do you explain what downhole diagnostic is to someone that says i feel like i need this for my field my 
please come educate my pumpers? Like, do you do that? Or how, do, how does this work? How does your company? Yeah, I mean, I can do education. Everybody needs to be using these tools, and most companies are. So, like, I'm an independent provider of this service of doing fluid level shots, dynamometer tests, and kind of overall analysis and, and optimization recommendations. Uh, most companies, uh, most uh, almost every large company has many people in-house that do what I do. They're typically called a well tech. Um, and hmm. they, you know, depending on their level of knowledge, they might just acquire the data and somebody else interprets it, that sort of thing. But really, in order to optimize a lease, you have to understand the condition of your wells, right? So what how do you optimize profitability? Okay? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's just two factors, right? It, it's profit minus expenses. Yeah. Right? We, and we want, to, we want to increase the spread between those two. We want to maximize profit and minimize our expenses. Well, how do you maximize profit? Well, you, you get all the oil and gas that you can and you, you sell it, right? We get it in the tank or we get it in the pipeline and we sell it. That's how we maximize profitability. Well, the fluid level shot shows you if you're doing that. If the well is pumped off, for the given conditions, yep. right? So for wherever the, the seating nipple depth is and for however how much fluid is coming in from the formation, of course, you can go in and re-stimulate a well. You can go try to get more fluid to come into the well to get more production, yeah. right? But that that's, you know, of course, that's something you can always evaluate. And if the well's not giving you what you want or what you uh, would, would like to shoot for, if you would like to try to get more, you can always go refrack or put some acid on the perfs or some yeah. special chemical job. But anyways, so you can see if you're getting the maximum profitability from a well, once you are getting all the production you can, what you want to do is then optimize your operations and minimize expenses. Yep. And one of the biggest expenses that's all commonly overlooked is electricity. Electricity, man. You know, I felt people, like you were going to say that. Yeah, because it's constant. It's there day after day. Yeah. Everybody focuses on failures, and that's huge, too, because it really hurts when you have, you know, depending on the depth of your wells, but when you have a tubing leak and it costs, you know, from 10000 on a shallow well to a lot of these big companies that are operating these horizontal wells where you have to have multiple pump, pump trucks on location to keep pressure control, I mean, it easily and then once you talk about uh, refurbishing the pump, replacing some yeah. rods and tubing, yeah. testing the tubing, I mean, it easily it costs over $60,000, $70,000, which is a nice ride. You, know, you can buy a nice car with that. So, <laughs> you know, failure prevention is, is absolutely pivotal. But so the service I provide is I see, are you getting all your production? And then I try to help you optimize the way that you are doing it. Right so on. like controlling your runtime. So a lot of people, maybe you're overrunning the well, you're right. pounding fluid. Right. Okay, if you're pounding fluid, if there's not enough liquid to fill the pump barrel, all you're doing is, you know, wasting the, the service light of your equipment, electricity, yeah. and you're damaging your equipment because it's going to create more rod on tubing failures. And so we want to then back off the runtime to minimize that sort of damaging strokes. And so with the dynamometer, you can see that. You can also, another advantage of using these tools, or I guess the benefit of applying these tools is that you can effectively uh, diagnose issues. Yep. So a lot of times, and I see this all the time, um, you know, the the pumper says the well's gas locked. Okay, I don't know if yeah. you've ever heard oh, of this yeah. term. Yeah, pumpers love gas lock. Everything's <laughs> gas locked. Okay, <laughs> and it's that. not gas locked. Uh -oh. And I could I could go on for five minutes talking about that. But anyways, what they'll do is they'll say it's gas lock and we need to drop it to a tag. Okay, and I've seen this many times where they'll drop the rods to a tag. Yeah, closer pump spacing helps with gas tagging, interference. You're not pumping. Yeah, if you're not bumping, you're not pumping. Oh, that's what it yeah, is. That's you're not what pumping, it is. you're not pumping. Bumping. If you're not bumping, you're not, not pumping. pumping. So, Damn um, it. but. That's not the problem, and uh, that doesn't work. And then they'll send me out there, Sean. Can you help us out? And then you go find out that the pump's just worn out, right? Wow. And so it, they they weren't addressing the problem. The the issue is what you got to be careful. And here's a here's a ticket, a tip and trick. Okay, your pumpers 
are looking at the pressure gauge and they're using their experience and their history with that well to make assumptions, they don't actually know what's happening downhole. Right. But they can see that the well's not producing well. Right. Right? So something's not acting right. They yeah. know this. Yeah. But they're going to use their history on that well and apply that. But with a dynamometer test, I can actually see what's happening downhole. Okay? Because with a dynamometer, you hook it up. You hook it up at surface, and you're measuring the load versus position as the pumping unit goes up That's cool. and down. Yeah. Right? We were looking at those yeah. cards. Yeah. So as it goes up and down, it's measuring the load versus position um, on the pumping unit or the top rod, and that's called your surface card. But you can then calculate, you can extract the weight of the rod string and the um, friction and other dynamic factors and calculate what's happening down hole. Man, that's cool. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually really incredible. Um, and so we can see, based on the shape of the downhole card, how the fluid load is picked up and released by the plunger as it moves throughout the cycle. I can tell you exactly, you don't have fluid down there. Your pump's worn out. Uh, your pump is gas locked. Maybe it actually is gas locked. Or you just have a failure, you know? Or you have a rod part. Man. You know, also you can take... Uh, I mean, when it comes to diagnosis, so typically you take fluid level shots down the annulus. You can also take fluid level shots down the tubing. Really? Yep. I can take a shot down the tubing and see, well, the well's not pumping. So the next thing I do is I hook the fluid level gun up to the tubing. I shoot down the tubing. Your fluid level's at 3,000 feet. So you're either your tubing drained or you have a tubing leak. Wow. So, Man. I mean, you can really diagnose every aspect, almost every aspect of a well with these two tools if you have them and you know how to apply them, right? Yeah. If you have the knowledge. Well, I invite you to San Antonio. Uh, I want to hang out with you and show you some of my wells and uh, get your feedback on what you think is happening. Because I'm just one of those guys. I'm the pumper, man. I'm looking at the gauge like, hmm, I wonder what's really going on down there. And there's a lot of things going on when it comes to looking at a pressure gauge and pump action. Yeah. So typically the pumper, if you see the needle swinging as yeah. it's pumping, well, then that indicates it's doing, pump action, it's doing good. It's doing good. <laughs> but sometimes it's not swinging, but you can't necessarily associate why is it not swinging as to what the actual cause is. Sure. Because if you get lots of gas in your tubing, you're not going to see the same amount of, of pump action or needle swinging because, again, gas is compressible. And so it's like little springs in the tubing, and it's absorbing. You're not going to see that swing up and down. So it just depends on the type of well. And your wells are probably shallow. Right. They probably make more water than gas. It's like one-to-one. Do they make a lot of gas? No. Okay, so yeah, you're dealing with like the most basic, simple, shallow Shit, oil Shit, water. Just make right? a little bit of oil every day. Yeah. Right. Electrical costs down. Those are those are a lot simpler than when you get to some of the wells that are deeper. Oh yeah. And and that have even if you have theoretically an effective downhole gas separator, it's not efficiently separating out the gas, and you've got other dynamics going on when you're pumping faster, longer stroke lengths, fiberglass rods, the pump spacing's changing. It's it gets it gets more complex wow. with those sort of systems. Tell me about the uh, the website, the online portal that you have access to, like these classes. You have a yeah, master yeah, class yeah. of downhole I, pumping. I did. Essentially. I did. If you if if you're interested in rod pumping diagnosis and optimization, so I've been doing this 10 years, and rod pumping really has been my passion since I came out of college. I, so it's been about 15 years. But um, so I I just recently created and released an online course. So it's 50 hours, all right? It's not for the faint of heart. 50 hours. 50 hours, but it's fantastic. It's online, though, so you can... DownholeDiagnostics.com. So yeah, DownholeDiagnostic.com is where you can find my website. If you're interested in that course, it's RodPumpingOptimization.com. Oh. But you can find a link on my website. Cool. But it, it, is, it is fantastic. So, you know, I mean, it, 
if you're interested in diagnosing and optimizing wells, you are the perfect candidate because you're coming in not from a petroleum engineering or operator perspective, right. but I actually, I, I just re-recorded a section where I'm talking about pump action, nice. and I've got videos of pump action, where it's nice. good, where it's Is not, that right? what are the factors going, I got everything in there, Come I mean, on. I, I've been working on this for, for four years in my free Man. time, so I basically haven't had a, uh, you know, if I didn't have days working in the field, and it was considered a work day, in my mind, I was work, I've been working on this forever, but it's got all sorts of examples, pictures from the field, right on, um, Lots of good illustrations. So it's really good for people that don't necessarily have a good feel for it because I'm going to show you videos and images and we're going to walk through lots of examples Man. of how you actually diagnose it, how you eliminate problems. So you're, Yeah, dude. You're, you're, what you're doing is super, super important. It's vital to the success of the basin. It's vital to the success of, of the industry. I believe that. And, and, it's and our, vital to strippers. <laughs> oh, the stripper wells. Stripper wells. They got really cool stickers over here. I want to show you from Sabata Energy. You'll you'll love the stickers. Oh, I'll you get mean, you over there. I, we're at a symposium. I thought you were pointing over there because they. I thought you were saying they have strippers at this booth no. or something. I was like, <laughs> no. what? Yeah, so, what is this yeah, convention? Oh wow, yeah, the <laughs> Geologic <laughs> Society. We've wow. been doing this for fifty something yeah. years. What no. the hell? Where have I been? <laughs> now look, man. I appreciate your time. Yeah, Thank yeah. you for uh, for setting it up and and just being energetic about that. Your passion for this. I love and, it. and teaching, man, I'm very thankful for that. And I really do believe we can set up probably a few day workshop down in South Texas and get get down there. I got other operators and friends that are also in the same kind of situation. Like they, they don't get quite what exactly is going down. What tools can we collaborate on? Maybe we all pitch in and get our own diagnostic equipment and learn and just keep working with you on optimizing production, man. It's such a, once you get in there and you fix something that looks left for dead and it actually stabilizes and your production just kind of goes away, like what a great way to make some, some great side It's beautiful, yeah. it's beautiful. And there's nothing more beautiful than a well that runs makes production and you don't have to deal with any problems yes, right dude, it's it just best. gives you production every day it's on yeah. its timer or hand whatever yeah production in the tank there's no stuffing box leaks there's no failures right? you grease don't need the to unit pay. once you a week you just grease it a little bit and that's it <laughs> and that's what we that's what we need to get to so that's that, i mean right. that is that is optimization at its finest right there sean man thank you yeah absolute pleasure yeah thanks for the thanks for being uh, inviting me on the podcast right on so anytime man. cool it. we'll do it again all right Back to the technical talks, and then we're doing the core workshop later. So everybody that's got access to today's event in person and also the virtual tickets, you get to rewatch all these things. Reach out to Sean if you need help pumping your wells. Let's get back to the technical talks. See you guys next year.